is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Plenty to dive into on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Sammy McKee, and David Sisboomba. Not filling in for Jennifer Rolnick. He is the guy. The guy now. Hey, what is Sisboomba from? I know it's a thing and it's a generational thing here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a real thing. I think I, I've heard it once I've or twice it. in my life. I've, I mean, I've heard it. But I saw his name and that's the only thing I came up with. We, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I think it's a 50s it's thing. from Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Okay. That works. Does it help us at all? Rah, rah, sis, boom, ba. I, I have know. no idea. Princeton and Rutgers. Let's just was there on. a little sis, boom, ba <laughs> last night in Buffalo? Yeah. That's what we got to ask. Thank God they don't listen to you uh, about not liking John Tavares oh, on the wing. Oh, come on. You just poo-pooed <laughs> all over it. I said, hey, situational. Last oh, night was a good situation. Oh. They ended up with 13 points. Uh, right? Well, who's, who could have ever seen it coming? Now, I think we, we did a fair job of saying that we did see a lot of small area passes, that it could work when they're in the offensive zone. We liked some things. You know, there, it was the, we liked John Tavares at center type of thing, but there was a, a note that Sammy tweeted out last night where it's like... Sammy bailed. He just got so <laughs> scared of Twitter, dumping all over him. He what? tried to make... What would you say last night on Twitter? I uh, just... That we, sp- I, I mean, <laughs> we spent 40 minutes on that line? Yeah, we spent 40 minutes talking and p- nitpicking at this line and legitimately five minutes into the game, they had nine points. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it was the just under 15 mark when O'Reilly yeah. scored the second one. So so, so does, does last night like completely uh, tell you that you'll never nitpick the line again and that this is set in stone and this is the future of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for the next few months. No. It, it okay. Felt, it, it, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it felt pretty good last night. Oh, what a, oh, oh, what a showing. Smokes. I, that was awesome. It, it made Globe Trotters versus the Washington <laughs> Generals. <laughs> There were there was a moment there where it was it was just like well and Keith talked and we'll get to all his quotes and stuff. He talked about like that's how it looks when every facet of the game is executed the way we want to play. That's the dream scenario. Now not the dream sixty, but you know for the first fifteen I, minutes of that first period, that's what it looks like. That's the plan. I just I can't imagine just to look at it from a Buffalo Sabers perspective and a fan perspective. I can't imagine the nightmare night that was for Buffalo Sabres fans in that building. Like, I, first of all, if I was a Sabres fan, like, you know, you're really excited to play against the Leafs, but that's one you got to tread lightly against yeah. going in there. They're a good team. It's going to be half idiot Leaf fans like me screaming at you, crushing beers. And to have the guy that legitimately said he lost passion playing for your franchise, he fell out of love with the game, go in there playing for his hometown team. Scoring a hat trick, <laughs> uh, looking unbelievable. That couldn't have been a fun. I would have left. If, well, I would have left immediately after the second goal. I'm out of there. Like, <laughs> turn and burn, baby. I'm gone. I didn't. I've not watched every minute of the Buffalo Sabers, but I wouldn't be a stretch to say that was the worst 12 minutes that they'll ever have. Yeah. I uh, maybe in 10 years. I don't know, but yeah. that was a horrific. 
12 minutes. It was. The one thing that we did say on this show is that last night was the exact scenario where you expect the Leafs to play well. Right? Like, I, I actually bet them minus a goal and a half last night. They yeah. just had a bad game against Chicago. They've got more respect for Buffalo than they used to. O'Reilly's in his third game there. They've got finally got a little flow. Like, that was yeah. it. And so I give the Leafs credit for how bad Buffalo looked. You know, sometimes we watch a game, we go, man, that team stunk. I give the Leafs a lot of credit for that first period. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to say that they were on, like, they didn't give them a second to breathe from the very second the puck dropped. I just felt like it was a swarming effort for the first seven or eight minutes. Maybe Mitch Marner's best game of the year. The hat trick by uh, Ryan O'Reilly, 13 points among the group. You mentioned Mitch Marner, first Leaf player with five assist game on the road since Boria. The King Salming. He did that uh, in 1977 against uh, the Minnesota North Stars. Five assists. I mean, the first assist is some of the best vision. So, the, you know, Brody gaps up, takes the puck away. Tavares gets it to Marner. And when Marner starts to make the pass to O'Reilly, I don't know if O'Reilly's in the yeah. offensive zone yet. He has to, like, I mean, and then to execute the hook pass there, that's Mitch Marner at his absolute best last night. I... I agree with you. Uh, you know, the thing that stood out to me, too, with Mitch, it's it's just not those passes that you're talking about, but his ability to to still find a way to be responsible, third man high, cut off neutral zone plays. Yeah, get pucks back. I don't know what he ended up with, uh, six takeaways on yeah. record. Like, like I don't, I don't know if there's a better complete 200-foot player out there right now. Yeah. And that includes Connor McDavid. I mean, that's right. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I mean, I think the, the part of that that's fair is the defensive play. There's no, there's no comparison in terms of the two's defensive yeah, plays. Like, a commitment to that side. Yeah, of it, like, for sure. But I mean, McDavid is on a different and we'll planet. get to that. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that uh, a little later on the show and what he's been able to do in such a short period of time uh, amongst the history's greatest. Uh, but well, I mean, what else stood out for you uh, with that line in particular? Well, you know, it's another option, another guy who, you know, I don't want to use like winner and champion and whatever, but he knows where to be when. And for Marner, he puts those guys, those guys who know where to be, he makes them into the best version of themselves. Austin Matthews is a great example. Tavares is getting 47 with him. O'Reilly is just the latest guy who knows how to get in good spots. And when someone can get you a puck in all those little yeah, spots, yeah. you know, it's just, it maximizes the intelligence of the guys you plays with. Yeah. And that's what stood out for me too, is I saw like, again, small sample size, but it, like a ton of chemistry between yeah. O'Reilly and, and Mitch Marner, which, you know, throws an interesting wrinkle into things. Like, let's say those two have a great sense for one another and where they're going to be. You don't feel like John Tavares can go be the third-line center. You know, that's, that yeah. doesn't work for me. He needs someone with well, him that can... You know, and John Tavares and Mitch have played a lot together this year. Yeah. And they've managed to get points. Yeah. But... It's never really off the off the backs of each other, and I don't know. Like, I, I how many goals does Mitch Marner have? Uh, 20, 20, 21, I, 22? I think he, he just scored his twentieth against. Uh, how the many? How many would you say that 
John Tavares has been a, a primary assist on his goals? I mean, I can't like remember any directly. I, I don't know. I'm sure, if, some, I, I, but I, three. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be a lot for two guys that are playing together on a mm. on a contending team. And to me, I I, I instantly saw a better kind of one-two scenario with mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly and, and, and Tavares can, can play real well in those short areas that we talked about yesterday and, and find a way to end up. What did he end up with? One and three last night. Yeah. So, I mean, he's smart enough. And yeah, that, he was that, awesome. That, 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 that play off the wall where he uh, put it back into Mitch Marner uh, through his legs mm-hmm. off the wall was, was, was a fantastic play. Yeah. But now that you've got a real thinking man, in Ryan O'Reilly, uh, there's no question that uh, that that line can have tremendous success. That the only question is is uh, is it is it there to stay? Um, mm. If you want to talk about versatility of Ryan O'Reilly, then you're going to put him in different scenarios, and obviously one option is to drop him to a, a third center spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got an article coming out on sportsnet.ca today looking at the Leafs' lines and what comes next for this group. You know, we're going to get to well, Sheldon. Do we want to start well, with? I just want to make sure that we point out, because you're saying that Marner and and O'Reilly had good chemistry. Yes. The two even-strength goals that they scored right away, bing-bing, were two excellent plays like by Tavares that you mentioned. The first one off the wall, getting it down yeah. to Marner, like you mentioned. And then off the wall on the second play where he digs a puck out and fires it across to Marner and the give and go with O'Reilly. Like, yeah. he was instrumental in both those goals as well, looking very comfortable on vacation on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they could conceivably play well enough to make life hard for Sheldon in terms of decision-making. And, and uh, you know, that's what my article today is about, is like the next look that they're going to have. So we know that they're not just going to keep this line until playoffs. They are going to change it, and this is part of an intentional plan. Again, we're going to get to Sheldon's clips on this. But the next look is exactly what you had before, Bunting, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Marner, and Kerfoot. And then back to then it's O'Reilly, Yarncroc, Engvall, and hope that you suddenly have a third line that can score. We're going to see that at some point. It's going to be hard not to go back to this quickly every time you don't have goals, though, because that looked sexy. That, that's why it's going to it right away. Now when you go away from it, everyone's like, why the hell aren't you just going back to that? Yeah. Get the Ontario line, the passion line back what are we together. Calling it? Is, is, is that you calling them the Ontario line? There's a million that... different names. No, it, just, it, it was started just, already, right? It was, just, it was just easier than writing down all three of their names, so I just put Ontario line. But I saw a good one as OHL, Ontario Hockey Leafs. I saw a show just was leaving the studio. He was on before us, said that they took some texts and MTO was big because it's Marner, Tavares, O'Reilly, but it's Ministry also the of Trans- Ministry of Transportation Are Ontario. Are we holding contests now? Sure. <laughs> what do you think, Kip? You got an idea? Uh, no. Okay. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Kip's not the like line to, naming type. Let, I, <laughs> yeah. Maybe two weeks from now. I was okay. going to say, maybe when they have what, more than one good game together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. For... Uh, Naming sake, let's go to Sheldon Kiefer, first Kipper's Clipper, on uh, what he saw out of the Ontario line. Well, obviously, they were just uh, at their best right from the start. <clears throat> but like as we talked about leading into the game, I thought that that group was close the other night uh, to a few chances. Obviously, 
Uh, Riley missed a breakaway right at the very end of the game. And that one probably sits with them for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I thought that line, our team in general, our team game in that first period, that's as dominant as, dominant as we've been uh, all season long. So it was tremendous to see. So I just mentioned the Ontario line, and yeah. we were talking about that. And I saw an unbelievable tweet from uh, Kevin Papetti, who's a great Twitter follow. And uh, the Toronto's goals last night. The first one, Ontario from Ontario and Ontario. The second goal, Ontario from Ontario and Ontario. Third goal, Ontario from Ontario and Ontario. Fourth, Ontario from BC and Alberta's own William Nylander. <laughs> Alberta's own William Nylander from Ontario and Ontario, and then the sixth one, Ontario from Ontario. So he's telling us uh, you don't need Arizona anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're telling us. I, listen, I'd be lying if I said I didn't dream of a day where it was like this, where there was a long time where we had these conversations that they don't have any guys from Ontario on their team, they don't have Toronto area guys. There might have been a certain pundit that did intermissions on Hockey Night in Canada that this is one of his biggest gripes about how there is no Ontario guys. Like, I don't want to necessarily take it for granted how interesting and cool this is for the least to have this many contributions from Ontario guys. You know, that's something that you could speak to uniquely, I think, and Kip, obviously you too. Like, I'm not from here. Matters. You know, yeah, like, uh, I'm being a BC guy, it would never would have registered to me that it was important, but there, being here long enough now, there is a pride and a, not just a... A passion, you are A passion that unites us. Yes. Not just a Canada-wide thing, but yeah, I can see how that's a cool thing. No question that for whatever reason over the, over the many years, it just wasn't that valued. Mm-hmm. It was draft the, the most skilled player. So do you think this Doesn't is matter where he's at from. all intentional? Or do you think this is just luck of the draw? Where's Achari from? Is he Ontario? He's from Maine, I think. Maine. He's yeah, American. Not here at all. Yeah, no. He's from Maine, I think, yeah. Uh, you love Ryan O'Reilly. I, I think the first thing you do when you want to know about a player is uh, not necessarily go to his his birth province or mm. I I think I think it's just an added thing uh, in this case maybe a coincidence for Ryan O'Reilly. But uh, if you know, he was too, from, from wherever he is, he's you'd love to have him on your team. Yeah, but but maybe like a bonus thing, whether it's Jason Spezza or Wayne Simmons or Joe Thornton. I think all those guys are Ontario guys, are they not? Yeah. Like you know, some... you, 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 all those guys were after their prime, though. Their yeah. expiration date was uh, was go- was removed. Mm-hmm. It was tough to focus on anything other than that line because they were just so unbelievable. But it really does change their lineup below. The fourth line last night for the Leafs was Aston Reese, Achari, and Kerfoot. And Aston Reese looks better to me with a guy like Achari. Do you think it's motivation or fear? No, or I, I think uh, it's uh, it's just a domino effect. That's all. There's an energy that he brings. Mm-hmm. And I think it's crystal clear that if if you don't come close to looking like that guy, then you run the risk of really making yourself look bad. Yeah. And I think I think a guy like Achari can can lift people up like good players can. Yeah. You can do it physically as well. Yeah. You can guilt people into playing a little harder or playing a little uh, more noticeable. 
not taking that many shifts off. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I think Achari is such a strong pickup. It is interesting, too, and I know it doesn't matter, but we had on whoever it was, oh, Jamal Mayers, and I asked him about Achari fighting. He says, no, not, you know, not going to fight, but he does it, blah, blah, blah. Achari has seven NHL fights. Like he's, he, my point there is just that he will stand in with someone, be in their face. There's a more of a willingness now on that yeah. line to engage. I've seen a couple of his fights too. He's, yeah. You can chuck him. Pretty good. I mean, he's a, he's a yeah. cube. He's 5'10", 210. And I mean, did you, how much of the Zach Aston Reese, you know, elevating his game here, I guess, for lack of a better term, is him being like, oh God. Looks like I probably the next next one out. I could be the next one out here, which is good because it creates internal competition. And I think what Kipper said about him running into more, he's run into more people in the last, I know he kind of has a lot of hits on the stat sheet, but it doesn't necessarily translate. I think the eye test with him throwing his weight around since Achari's come in has definitely been better. So maybe it's just a little bit of him fearing for his own job at this point. For sure. Yeah. You're either with us or against us now. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I think that's where these two guys have, can really elevate uh, the dressing room. It's, yeah. a, it's the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look good all the way through, and you're going to have nights where they're not as good. But, you know, last night they didn't get anything from the Matthews line, but the Matthews line is there to be the Matthews line. Like, they're going to get that on some nights too. And it just, you feel really good about that Sh- that forward group. Sheldon Keefe spoke about that forward group. Well, Would you like to hear about that? I'd love to. I actually don't have my lineup, so you just oh, tell you me don't, when you there's relevant did, clips. You don't have your lineup? I just forgot it. Oh, do you want me to get you one? Uh, uh, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, like I said, our team game, I mean, obviously it was that line that broke out tonight. You know, the next line it might be the Matthews line. Uh, it might be each line spread out. But I, I think that's, that's, as I said to the guys, that's what it's supposed to look like. You know, in terms of the team game, we're supposed to to uh, counter quickly on offense. Um, you know, most of our, our goals came out of good defending and shutting down the neutral zone and transitioning the other way. That was the key for us going into the hockey game and the guys executed at a high level. So happened to be um, the O'Reilly line to get us going, which is which was great. But, you know, Bunt scores us a great goal, and I thought the Camp and the Charlie lines were really, really good defensively and gave us good shifts too. Yeah, the really, really good defensively stuff is interesting. You know, I meant to mention this after Montreal-Chicago, but Jen Botterill did a nice bit on Achari in the first couple of games and getting back above and reloading. We talked early in the season about the Leafs when they're at their defensive best, getting back above and reloading, trying to bail out the D and with this like team defense. They have it, you know, like they added two guys that add that element that Marner already has, which you mentioned, and Camp already does, and they got a bunch of forwards who are really good defensively now. It's lovely. Can they also play defense? <laughs> Can you put one of them on defense? Why would you like someone to plug a hole last night that became very visible? Let's just say it. And I know we're not ready to go here yet. But no, we're not no, ready we're to go. Save it? Yeah, okay. We're going to save it because right. we want to hear from uh, uh, Sheldon Keefe on uh, letting the Sabres back in it because it will lead to uh, our next conversation. How's that? Good. Well, when you have a like, like I said, when you have a period like we did, and you control, you grab control of the game on the road the way that you, the way that we did, you're not going to get too critical of the rest of the game from there. Uh, that said, 
while there's a great sample of what it's supposed to look like and what we're capable of, I think there's there's still plenty in in there in the second half of the game that shows why we need to stay on our habits, on our details all the way through, regardless of score or opponent. Yeah. I'm not really buying that. I do buy it. Like once you're up like five nothing, yeah, can I you mean, judge that, the rest of the game. Yeah, you can. Well, I mean, yeah, Kipper, you can. You know, like you've no, played sorry. a million hockey games no, in your I'm life, sorry. buddy. Come on. No. Listen, no. they were bad. They were bad. No, don't let but, them back in. Don't but, let them back in. No buts. Yeah, there's buts. There's a couple buts. <laughs> Candy here. nuts, buts. You don't think <laughs> there's yada yada. It's human nature. It's impossible no, it's to coach it out. Yeah. All every team does this. No, every team does it. Did Tampa Bay do it last night against... Uh, it's a different Anaheim. Oh, well, excuse me. They're playing the Ducks. You're comparing the Ducks and the Sabres to the same thing? I'm talking about a 5 nothing lead and putting your foot on their throats. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they could have got a save here and there, maybe. That would have helped, too. Come on, guys. Okay. Finish it off. I mean... You it, went from a yeah. 5 nothing lead halfway through... To giving up a quality chance to Tage Thompson to get them within one goal yeah. with two minutes to go. Sammy, sorry, bud, but your your bar is way too low for me on this one. Mid. I I'm okay. just I don't like them letting and them back Sheldon's, in. to be honest with you. Yeah, I think there's there's a level between what we're talking about here where it's fair to expect more than how that game finished. And at the same time saying, when it's 5 nothing, I don't expect the same performance. And maybe you should as a coach. You should. But I, it's Why not, not ask for it? You should Why ask for it. Why not demand it? He should. For sure. But I, I, as Sammy mentioned with human nature, it's just there's no team that then goes on to win 10 nothing. Human nature, he's a beer league guy. Okay? <laughs> That's the human nature. Okay. No, but- he doesn't care. And he's going to go get his beers and his chicken wings. And he's going to go home. Yeah, chicken wing eating. I don't eat, wings after, I don't eat wings after hockey. No. But not, I, I, my body's not a temple. team that has to still learn. Yeah. How to finish teams off when you've got a reputation for underachieving against the bottom six teams in the league. I'm sorry. You know, they have had press conferences after playoff series where they've said killer instinct. We're looking for killer instinct. I understand that that is a relevant factor here. It is hard for me after a game last night for that to be the thing that fires me up, given what I saw from the rest of the team. But I don't disagree that... Is the coach? You may say, "Hey, we're you don't just want to get up at five nothing and walk away Even from it." Even if you feel it, don't don't let them off the hook yeah. publicly. That's all. Yep. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, that didn't end well. But to Sammy's point, Samsonov didn't make me feel very good for a guy who just won a hockey game six to three, and you know had a couple of really good periods by and large. I thought he was good, really good in the first and second period. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Two of those goals, it could have very easily been a 6-1 game. But, you know, they missed a couple chances, too, where it could have been 5-5, too. So, I, yeah. you know, I... I know. We can also sit here and uh, uh, looking in, what's his name? Uka Pekalukanen. Uka Pekalukanen. I'm going to shoot the puck was god-awful. Yeah. The first 12 minutes. And you know that I, that's not... Which one did you want him to, only one which, I would not, want him to have is Bunting. Which one do you want Bunting him to have, Bunting? Yeah, but I mean, like, he got beat clean on three nasty plays. Like I, I don't know. They I were mean, all over him. Listen. Uh, uh, a, a 60-foot 
one-timer, Brian O'Reilly's one-timer, is not an easy shot. It was yeah. an incredible shot. But that's not one that you should be beaten on off of a strong side one-timer. That's all. Tough crowd. That's all I got to say, listen, Kip. I'm I, just saying you can, you, can play it, you can play it both ways here with Samsonov and, and Buffalo's goaltending. But I'm I'm the number. I get it. The game was over twelve minutes in. I get it. The number one person I'm blaming for that comeback is probably the goalie. You know, like mm. shots kind of hit the middle of the net. Like they're clean. That's the thing that's really getting to me recently about Samsonov when I'm watching these games is he's getting beat clean yeah. a lot. Like clean looks, they just get through them. It's not like they're tip shots. They're not. They're just. Yeah. He's staring down the shooter, and they're beating him clean, and that. Is not what I like to see. He just, you know, you going into playoffs with Samsonov, you feel like you can win. I feel like they can win a playoff series and more with him, but I don't feel like he's going to win them a series they don't deserve to win. You know, like Vasilevsky, you can be sitting here at the end of a, a Tampa Bay series going, I don't know who was the better team, but that team has Vasilevsky and that's why they won. We're not having that conversation about Samsonov, I don't think. So, yeah, it raises the expectations for the Leafs. All right, we got a couple other clips here. Sammy, is there either one of these that you uh, recommend you, you want to see next? Yeah, let's go with the sticking with the uh, Ontario line because there's some interesting stuff about Tavares in there. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't put any sort of timeline on it other than, you know, to just just to say that I wasn't going to do it for one or two games. I think we, you know, we owe it to the to the line uh, to to spend some time, some real time together. You know, it would have been easy the other night after a loss, and maybe it didn't go so great to to break it up. But you know, I feel like our third and fourth lines have been so good. It's, there's lots of reasons to just stay with it, and felt like they were close. So. I think it's a good sample of what we're capable of. You know, I still feel at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have John back in center and all those kind of things. But it's, you know, you want to build chemistry and you want to build confidence that if and when you go to it, that that's what it's capable of. That's the pull quote from the presser is at the end of the day, we feel like John Tavares is still going to end up at center. Right? Given our show yesterday. Didn't we say that? We said that we thought that should be the end game, yeah. Well, we just said that we probably would have worked it the other way around. Started there. Yes, that's yeah. all. Yeah. And we said, like, of course, if you're down a goal and they're situational, it, the good news is in a short period of time you found out that there's chemistry there, and mm-hmm. that's what he talked about. Let them build chemistry. Okay, it's it's there. There's no question about that. But it is interesting to me. I think he saw the quote from yesterday where he said it's not a one-off. I think he saw that quote getting away from him a bit. And like as in it's a commitment to this line. This line is a thing. If I break it up, it's a failure. So he he talked too much. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I definitely think that this is like a get out ahead of it and say. We're open to everything. We're going to go back to other looks just to clarify. <laughs> Not a one-off, but we're not married to it. Is there a chance that Ryan O'Reilly and Marner have such great chemistry that you actually may have to put John at center on a third line? As I was saying earlier in the show, I just don't think he can. Like, I think Tavares needs someone to work with offensively. He's so elite at getting in a position to put the puck in the net that yeah. he needs someone to get him the puck there. And who's a disher left on the team? Yeah. Like, who's another setup guy in the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's not Engvall. It's no. not Yarncroc. Kerfoot maybe passes it a bit. 
And he needs that because he's the finisher. He's not the yeah. playmaker. Like I said, I think he's got one primary assist uh, on Mitch Marner all season. Is that right? Yeah. I do like the idea of John Tavares against third-line matchups, though. I do, too. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't think you're going to find a much better third-line center in the NHL than John no, Tavares. No, but. Th- then you'd have to make an effort to keep Kerfoot with him then. Yeah. Like, to keep some sort of... Pace and passing yeah, ability and, and whatever. just high-end ability. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. You got uh, uh, <laughs> what are you writing in watercolor today? Oh, what kind I, of marker do you yeah, have? Yeah, I, I got a broken marker, and it's just like it's it's like a roller paint. <laughs> what it's are like, you? It's like, a, it's like I'm rolling paint. <laughs> the, the, the thickness is that fun. Oh, wow. yeah, that's okay. wild. Okay. What are you writing? And by the way, like, thank you for the book. Oh yeah, and, yeah, no uh, problem. You wrote something very nice to me, and I meant it. As I'm reading it, all I can think of is that you. You've got horrible penmanship. Uh, I do. <laughs> that's why the book has to the be typed first and thing not that handwritten. Came to me when you I said all, all these nice things about me, that's the first thing that came to me. It's like, man, you yeah. got horrible penmanship. Just child's handwriting. <laughs> I really, but it's quicker than it's, no, printing. No, it's better than my uh, my paintbrush here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> For yeah. sure. We've got uh, a couple of ex-Leafs on the show today, including uh, Colby Armstrong in the next hour, Brad May in about 15 minutes. So we'll get... Their thoughts on what they saw out of Ryan O'Reilly, John Tavares, and uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, are we done on the on the blue line? Any concerns at all last night? Yeah, lots. Yeah, many. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you bring it up when I was talking about uh, you know a blown five nothing lead? Because uh, I you you went to Samsonov, you just pooped all over him. Yeah, but you didn't mention anything else. Listen, I didn't. Love Connor Timmons yet again, I there wouldn't say. I didn't love his game last night. I, I mean, two games in a row where I've been, wow, he's looked really bad for me. Riley still makes some plays that leave me scratching my head, and I don't like doing it every show. I feel like it's you can yeah. kind of bring it up whenever you want, but I just, there's question marks there. They It really seems like a decor to me that's one piece short. Wasn't it your boy, Papetti, who had a poll? Who would you prefer, yes. Timmons or, or Justin Hall? Mm-hmm. And people picked Timmons like 75% to 25%. Hall did get burned last night pretty bad on the Skinner goal where he was kind of too close yeah. to the middle of the ice and he beats him outside and shoots it in the middle of the net from the top of the circle. But <laughs> Too close to the middle. Yeah. Riley's too far yeah. off the wall. Mm-hmm. It was not pretty. But Timmons, you know, a couple of turnovers in his first couple shifts – you know, chasing a guy, you know, we, we shared that clip in our group of him sort of chasing a forecheck. Well, he should be backing up and defending. Up five, nothing. And part of the, was he on for the third goal against there? We don't need to do the breakdown of it, but some concern of this guy's going to be in in playoffs, which he very well may be, right? He's, they're seven right now. You're probably going to see your number seven D. I would say every team who's ever won a Stanley Cup has played seven defensemen. Is that fair? Think any team's ever just gone six all the way through? Oh, the Habs played four guys. I said nine. No, I know. It's more common to go nine than... Habs played four guys. Four guys. That's right. That's true. Three and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bottom two guys played five minutes a night. I forgot about that. Yeah. The weirdest run to the cup final in league history. Definitely. So, I don't know. Like, do you think they have the ability to add something else on the back end here? Because it really feels like they need it. You know, if you do the fancy stat stuff, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, I was just, I was wondering uh, between now and 
next Friday, right? That's what we're looking at. Yeah, oh, next yeah, Friday. We're, we're, like we're, we're, on, we're, we're on the clock. Nine days here. Nine days. Okay. How much more do you want to see? Do you think that if they can get that sweet spot that they had earlier in the year, that that could be enough? Enough to what? I. That's a good question. You know? You mean beat Tampa Bay. How about that? Let's start there. You mean the stretch when their highest yes. paid defenseman was out of the lineup? Uh, was that when they were yeah. at their best? Definitely. Defensively, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, then yes. Can <laughs> they hit Can they hit that with Morgan Riley? You know what's crazy is Riley has made some real Morgan Riley plays in the last couple weeks. Like the pass to Marner off the end wall. Like unique vision, creativity, whatever. He, the, has, he has to get involved. Yeah. You could just see it that he's got this, like this is itch that needs to be scratched by jumping up on the play and pull to the getting involved net. and and when it's on, it's it's good. Yeah, well, he but he's made these plays, but at the same times, or you know, you're talking about him being too far outside. A couple of plays last night where he gets outside the dots. Someone takes him to the inside, and it's, it's re, you know, you're not changing him now. He's just. I mean, yes, you can maybe coach him up a little bit to say, we'd like you to adjust your slider bar a little bit more to the defensive side of things, but... Well, is the ask now for the forwards to just be that much more diligent uh, in their back-checking or their back pressure mm-hmm. to to bail out? But I don't think... I think we've talked about this a lot this year, but I, there can't be a much more defensively responsible forward group in the league than the Leafs. So if you are going to have that kind of defenseman, I think you do have a forward core that's really committed and coached up well to play defense, no? Yeah. But it's still, you still need guys to play defense, but I'm just saying, like, they are responsible. Yep, for sure. There is, uh, there is news that maybe Matt Murray is really close here to coming back. Okay. And I'm just wondering. Good timing, I would say. Well, it's timing where you also have to make a decision here. Do you not? Whether or not on Murray, yeah, yeah. What's the term? Fisher cut bait. Sure, sounds right. Did I get one right? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> okay, our show is wildly right? bad at getting those sort of things right, but yes. Like with the trade deadline again, do you feel like you are comfortable enough that this guy will not disappear on you? No, yeah. So you're asking me. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable at all, but you know, we've done that on this show too. What else is available? But I think what you might have to do is let's say Matt Murray's ready to come back. You got to play him as many times as you can before the deadline. Don't you? I thought we were gung ho to get Samson off ready for game one. We need to know if Murray's going to be a goalie in the league or not. Yeah. You know, this is like terrible timing. I guess it could be worse. It could be happening a month from now. So at least you get him back and you figure out if he I'd, can figure it and, out. And, you know, the, the crazy part about it is... What do they got up to the deadline for games? they many at home. So we Could got, you get Matt Murray in... This Friday. This Friday. Yeah. He's because going, he's going it goes... It gets kind of greasy mm. next week. Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. So five games Coast. pre-deadline? Or is one of those games on the third? No. there's They play... Three, uh, three after Friday. Okay, so five total games from now till the deadline. And Calgary and Edmonton are no, back four. to back. Four total. Okay. Yeah, and Calgary and Edmonton are on back to back. Four total. So, I, 
I don't know. I, I got to think maybe Friday's feels rushed. I don't know. I don't care. I'm impatient. <laughs> I am. No, I'm but like. You, you're, the indication you're getting is that he could be ready to play Friday, Kip? Maybe a little bit of a outside shot, but I heard he's really close. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I, you know, time to get him back in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's coming at a good time with a bit of a swoon for Samsonov where you're like. You could play him in Seattle. Yeah? Yeah. I just so badly don't want to be sitting here in early May going, man, they outplayed the hell out of Tampa. Beat the brakes off them. But Alex Kalorn shot three in from the top of the faceoff circles through Matt Murray's body. Like, I just, I'm very uncomfortable with Matt Murray. Listen, listen, that is really realistic. I know. That's the scary part. Like, that's, said it once, I'll say it again. That is the absolute elephant in the room. And all of this incredible buzz around the win last night. Ryan O'Reilly hat trick, forward core deep. They got to get saves, too. Like it is a, it's a real concern for me. This is, uh, this is fork in the road here. He is, his career is hanging on by a thread. Yeah, the, if if the fork is going in him next, if he's not able to come in and play, like like if you're another team looking at Murray and saying he just he can't be available, who's going to take on that money? No, it's not. It's not that someone's. Well, they're going to take it on because. You're getting it's, something else. You're getting something else, yeah. right? It's the significance of having to lose his contract to bring in a new one. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's possible now. We'll see. We saw Minnesota get involved a little bit. Veggie's my guy. If we can get a guy in here. There'll be more teams to 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 take on cap money for draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's coming. Yeah. Carolina is an interesting team to watch. Not reg- related to this. I just didn't realize they had so many picks and so much cap space. They're going to do something. But yeah, Arizona always looking to take on money. Here you go. Canucks might be willing to too if they can figure out a way with some of their injuries. I don't know, man. Now I'm just sad. I was so passionate <laughs> after last night. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. I was on passionate the way. about last right. night. It's just we liked the additions. They're doing oh everything that they're yes. supposed to do. But when they're not on the ice, <laughs> there's some concerns. Should we mention Matthews, or do you want to? I mean, positive? of all the positive well, things last night, he, he just had a quiet night. Where he was from, he's not on from Ontario. I mean, is he worthy to be talked about because he's not from <laughs> one, Ontario? One Sammy? thing I said yeah. in my article that maybe live now, maybe isn't, is do you need to get? Mitch Marner with him for a little bit just to find get the big rig going just to oh my God, you know prime the engine up the Ontario line wow immediately breaking immediately. up the OHL no we wonder figure, people hate our show we gotta figure out what we got and one of the things we don't got is sixty goal scorer Austin Matthews right now I'm not just split him in half I'm not sure I've ever anticipated a practice tweet more than the lines tomorrow. <laughs> I, I really am interested to see what they do at practice tomorrow. I'll be very disappointed if it's just the same. There, there has to be a, a, a little bit of a surprise that you you get six in and he's not involved. Like it's for Matthews, yeah, yeah for Matthews, yeah. Well, quiet, 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 quiet. Had, night. He, I mean, he was zeros had one shot on goal. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, kind of the way his season has gone all year. Would would like to see a couple of games here where you go, oh boy, you know, he took that one over. That you know, that's coming, but yeah. it hasn't for a while here, and it's definitely on my radar as something. So it's coming now. It's coming. You you believe? You don't just suddenly at twenty four become what, what, ungood. What other cho- you don't have no other good. choice but to believe, Sammy. One goal in his last five games. Just I listen. be ready, game one, for sure. And that's you listen. All these numbers get scratched off the second the puck drops the playoffs. I understand that, but I would like to see many enter the net before then. <laughs> yeah, I think you will. A few okay. games, a few games to go, including the one coming up Friday against the Minnesota Wild. Okay, we're going to take a quick break as we promised. Former Toronto Maple Leaf, Stanley Cup champion Brad May, up next on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Let's be back after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, boy, Sammy. Working on Brad May, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion. And former Buffalo Sabres, so he can appreciate uh, the vibe last night from both sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maydag, I got to think that uh, one of those rare occasions when, when the game really meant something to Buffalo this time of year. But uh, certainly uh, the line of Ryan O'Reilly and, and Tavares and, and Marner did them in real early. Real early, and it was, boy, how... How about Toronto? How excited they are to have Ryan O'Reilly, the way he played. And, you know, what a shift he had scoring two back-to-back. But, you know, Buffalo's a good team. They're they're getting better. Um, but they're still, you know, they're a ways away from, you know, obviously getting to the playoffs. It's another level. And you saw it there. Toronto was, they were humming. They look really good. You know, they're so close, this Buffalo Sabres team, to being not just you know, they're not rebuilding anymore, but to being playoff bound and competitive, where where do you think they should be at in terms of actually adding? Like, I don't think anyone thinks they can win the cup here, but like, should they add to give these guys some playoff experience, give the fans some excitement? Well, I mean, listen, playoff experience, they got to make the playoffs. Um, there, there's so many teams. I, I'm not, I'm not counting them out. That's for sure. And I think that's the question for Kevin Adams is, you know, would we trade, you know, some, a, a draft pick or some youth, to get, you know, to bring that player in or, or a couple. Um, I think that that's a tough decision because you don't want to give away the future either um, to bring in the right guy, but maybe somebody on an expiring contract that could actually, you know, want to be competitive, possibly sign a contract in Buffalo that they would love. That would be a great guy. That's an older player, I would, I would assume, and somebody who's probably not at the top of their game. So does that player make a difference, you know, trying to chase the playoffs? Um you could definitely tell, though, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres are at two different levels, um, and last night was pretty indicative of that. Hey, Mayday, you came close a couple times uh, with some very good teams in Buffalo, but uh, you did experience uh, a Stanley Cup championship in Anaheim, and that came off the backs of, of course, uh, Timu, Scott Niedemeyer, Getzlav, uh, Perry. What is it? that Ryan O'Reilly brings the Toronto Maple Leafs that has been missing so far? Well, I, I, I think, first of all, um, Nola Chari is going to be a big part of that deal. Um, 
So uh, he's been kind of forgotten in this whole thing. I mean, he's already scored for Toronto. He's a solid guy. He's the type of player that everybody wanted and needs Toronto to have, right? Bottom six, gritty forward that puts pressure on the opposition. As for Ryan O'Reilly, it's it's just leadership. He's won the Selkie. He's got, mo- I mean, be- behind Pavel Datsuk, um, he might be one of the best, or in Patrice Bergeron, of course. Um, he's one of the best defensive forwards. And, and he's so legit that face-offs and the way he plays responsibly, um, that's a huge help. So if he's in the top six, he might be in, in your next line, you know, your third line role. And, boy, if he's your third line center and he can shut down the likes of a, you know, Kucherov and a Stamkos or a Marchand or Bergeron and go head-to-head, all of a sudden, Toronto looks pretty solid, right? I mean, if, if they're able to draw penalties and get that potent power play on the ice. And how do you feel about loading up the elite guys up top uh, versus spreading it out throughout the lineup in playoffs? We had Ken Hitchcock on who said that in the playoffs, the top two lines tend to saw off. Who's going to score in your bottom six? But obviously the top guys looked really good as a unit last night. Where do you stand on the best method for getting through in the postseason? Um, I, thanks for the question. I think I, I, I just said it in some way. Ryan O'Reilly, he, maybe he's your, you know, um, your Swiss Army knife, right? He can play in the top lines. Obviously, he proves he's proven that, and he's been a heck of a player. But he's a guy that can shut down. You know, you give him that role, and he's going to relish it. He wants to win a Stanley Cup, and he wants to do well here in Toronto. There's a lot of pressure, and he feels it. But he's been there before. He got traded from the Buffalo Sabres to St. Louis. They're the worst team in the league, January the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. The the year they won the Stanley Cup, he goes on to win the Conn Smythe, and he was outstanding. Um, and he had great chemistry with David Perron and, and his line mates. But um, Ryan O'Reilly, he I, I like this move. If he's your third line centerman, that's exactly what you're the, to answer that question. Um, he's the guy that's going to saw off the better players on the other side. Now all of a sudden, he's going to be able to possibly pitch in offensively. And um, again, if he's your third line centerman, if if that's where it ends up you got a really deep team. We're talking to Brad May, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Mayday, is the depth now up front enough to maybe uh, cover up a little bit of a, maybe some deficiencies on, on the back end and what may come down to an inexperienced playoff goaltender? You know, I, here's the thing. Are we going to be optimistic or are we pessimistic? Or are we just... <laughs> are we just are we, are we, yeah, like, listen to you know, our show. <laughs> are we the woe is me, you know, um, here we go again group? I, I just don't know. I, I think it feels differently for me watching the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, they still aren't the best defensive club. Um, I'd love to see, you know, a couple players added that really their mandate, and they'd be so proud and excited to get out there and shut people down. You get that mentality on the bottom six. They're all, they all can skate. It's just a commitment, right? And, yeah, you need that whole um, defensive unit, all five players, playing playing solid. But you don't have to hit home runs all the time. Get the puck out of your zone. You know, let the big boys, let the top two lines, if that's the case, let them run and gun. But um, the bottom half of your lineup has to be incredibly sound and, and, and willing to do whatever it takes. And you know what, Ryan O'Reilly, I don't want to – put the, the cap on him, but he's definitely, he's earned it. He's a, he's a great player and um, yeah, he's aging, but 
I think he's going to make a difference. And we've seen it already. But, um, again, I like the Nola Chari. When that trade was made, in my own my thoughts of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Nola Chari might make a bigger impact at the end of the day than Ryan O'Reilly, which Ooh. might be crazy. Yeah. One thing we've talked about here that's going to make a difference is Sheldon Keith finding a way to, you know, motivate and use his guys in the best ways possible. Do you have an impression of Sheldon as a coach? You know, a lot hinges on, well, his own career hinges on this season probably and, and the Leafs' success as well. What are your thoughts on him and the job he's done in Toronto? Well, I, I, I'll go back to the comment when he, when he apologized to the fan base and his team that the way he talked about them. I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't see that as being the right move. But I'll tell you what, he's his team has responded since that time. They've been great, and you know, you, maybe you give a little love and a little respect to your your top players, and maybe the players throughout your lineup, and they're going to give you more than what they they anticipate they have themselves. So, um, I think he's done a great job. Now, we all know this team is it doesn't matter. They could win the next twenty games in a row. It's what they do in the playoffs. So. Um, we got to wait until then, but for Sheldon Keith, he wants his players with the utmost confidence and the, and the belief that they can beat anybody. And um, if he can instill that in his players, listen, coaches do great, but players win games and um, he needs his big boys to play. Mayday, would it help the Leaf players if they played a game called touch Sheldon, like you did with touch <laughs> Randy Carlisle? <laughs> that's the best day. I don't know if Randy even knows the story happened, but um, that was amazing. And I'll tell you what, it inspired the group, the boys in Anaheim. We loved it. It was um, Sean O'Donnell and George Peros brought that game to us, and um, we played it every day. It was great. Hey, and, and there's something to be said that uh, alleviates some of the tension and the pressure. But, you know, the year that you guys won, like, was he a hard ass? Did he have a... You know, was was it a tough job to kind of keep everybody in line? Uh, Eagles checked, ice times, all of that. And can you can, can you compare it to what maybe Sheldon might have to do or be the rest of the way? The only thing I would say that I mean, maybe there's a lot of differences in personalities and and even the personnel. But we had an older team, um, a lot of aging veterans that were just hungry guys that have been the game sevens of the Stanley Cup final and losing. And knowing how hard it is, and these guys, you know, had total buy-in. But um, yeah, I think you know what? For it doesn't matter. You don't need to. You don't have to like your coach. I wish I could play the game again and not ever worry about you know the popularity contest and you know does the coach like me or not. If if you're playing and you get to play a little bit more than others, then clearly you're in good standing with your coach. Um, I think Sheldon. You got it's a it's a balancing act, right? You, you don't want to be too soft on your players because you need them to be, you know, hungry and focused, and you don't want them to lose that um, that ultra competitiveness, right? Where you know they got to play from whistle to whistle. But um, I'm I, I I like Sheldon Keith. I've actually watched him since Nick. You and I were in Niagara Falls, and we we had a great conversation about it. And I I like the way the the, the Maple Leafs have responded to him. So. Bottom line is it doesn't matter. It's the playoffs, and they got to get there. But the move they just made, they made it before others. Other teams are going to scramble and try to make that difference, and I, I, I like that move for Toronto Maple Leafs. 
So the deadline over the years has evolved, I think. How has it evolved over your career and from being a player to now? Were you always hyper-aware of that day coming up and worried about how the dressing room has changed? Or is it sort of a media creation over the past 10 years that now is this hyper-focus and the build-up to it? Well, I think, no, it's it's been around for a long time. But as a player myself, I got traded at the deadline twice. And once from Phoenix to Vancouver to a, a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs to, you know, a team aspiring to, to really go deep. Um, and then I got traded to a, a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, the only guy traded at the deadline to Anaheim. And the one thing I could say is I didn't screw it up. Our team, you know, <laughs> accomplished their mission. But um, they, it's an exciting time for players. I loved it. It was an opportunity to continue to play and play for others. You know, you're playing for the team you're or the crest you're wearing on the front of your jersey, you know, the team you're playing. But there's scouts in the crowd, and people are looking, and and you want to impress them too. So um, I think it's a really exciting time for players. And, you know, it's not the easiest life, of course, but you're getting paid a lot of money to have a lot of excitement. Um, I think this time of the year is the best for hockey, for the game, the excitement for the playoffs. And um, this year is going to be no different. But I think to answer the first part of your question – the salary cap's the different part, right? Right. Is team, you can't just move players for players. There's so many, so much more, like future and and, and money in, money out. Um, it, it's much more complicated today than it ever was in years past. You were fortunate enough to win a Stanley Cup in the latter part of your career. Uh, Pat Kane's out there, and he's already got three. What do you make of uh, his performance the last what week and a half, two weeks, and? Seems like it's a guy that uh, has got a lot of passion here and got a lot of gas in the tank, uh, despite you know the thought that maybe his hip isn't 100%, but he's sure playing like a guy that wants to play meaningful games in the spring. There's no question, Nick. He is preparing to be moved. He's trying to get his game up. He, rec- he knows. The interesting part is a lot of times you trade for a, a player on a losing team or a team having a tough season, and that player's got losing habits, and he's not in shape. He's not in the condition that you need to be for um, a championship, you know, team or caliber. Patrick Kane understands that. I, I've been watching him too in the last couple of weeks. The, the goals he's scoring are legit superstar-like goals, and he's basically telling the NHL, "Listen, if you need the difference maker, I'm going to be that for you." and I bet you that's his motivation. He wants to continue to play. He wants to elevate on that all-time scoring list, and he wants more Stanley Cups. He'd be a heck of a pickup if if some if a team's salary cap can can support it. Mm-hmm. Brad, I'd love to get your thoughts on the likely uh, competition for the Leafs in first and maybe second round in Tampa Bay and Boston. Um, you know, is Boston beatable? Are there any flaws anywhere? You know, they're they're up a couple uh, up against a couple of juggernauts here. They are. I guess the the answer to that is if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah. And you know, really, and that, I think that's the only thing I can say about it. We can parse this any which way, every which way, but yeah, the Boston Bruins are are, are putting up one of the best seasons in National Hockey League history. And then you have Tampa Bay, who, you, geez, you just don't, you can't be that confident going in and thinking that you're going to, you know, roll over a team like Tampa. So, um, but you know what, for Toronto. They got to be hungry. They've got players. They got Ryan O'Reilly now. They got John Tavares, hungry player, captain. You know, so committed to to, to his teammates and winning. And then you got young superstars. Now, 
this is the this is the window for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, with with Marner and Matthews and Nylander is going to have to sign for a boatload of money. You may as well win one before that happens. One more for me uh, to to kind of compare where you were in, in two thousand and uh, what seven when you won the Stanley Cup uh, with your goaltender. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a historic kind of spring for Jean Sebastian Jaguer and the feeling that you had knowing that that guy was in there and it was in the zone. The Leafs, it appears that they've had small sample size of some very good goaltending, but nowhere near uh, the feeling of, of it being a sure thing for them here. So um, just take us back a little bit to, to what Jaguer meant to you guys in that run and how important is it that the Leafs get something out of uh, Samsonov to really believe he can be the guy? Well, you know what? J.S. Jaguar, Jiggy as we call him, um, he's a Conn Smythe winner, right? I mean, he, he, he won the Conn Smythe trophy in 2003 in a losing effort in Game 7 against the New Jersey Devils. History and experience are the greatest teacher. So you can't, I don't even think we can compare the goaltenders or their situations. I can tell you this. Ilya Brzgalov was our backup goaltender, and if he didn't stand on his head the first four games against the Minnesota Wild, we we may not even be close to winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Jiggy was injured, and and Brit Briz was was fantastic, and he he literally he was the MVP of the first round of the playoffs for our team. So um, you just need a hero. You need a guy to step up. Well, if Matt Murray's you know if he's healthy and he's playing for Toronto, if that ever if that's what's going to happen he's a winner he can go back there and he can dig deep and you know look look into his his soul where he was up where he's been and what it takes and he understands that um listen steve penny montreal canadians when i was a kid you know went on a historic run cam ward young player went on a historic run you need your goaltender to be a hero and um why not Ilya samsonov bennington the you know, one of the, oh, yeah, one of the exactly. best runs, most recent runs for goaltender. Matt Murray did pretty well, pretty young. Yeah, he did so, as well. So this is this is not something that has never been done before where we're like, you know, trying to, you know, part, figure something out. Teams have heroes. And why can't it be Toronto's goaltender? They made the move last summer. I'm not so sure I was bullish on it. But you know what? He's, he's, he's proved that he's a pretty decent goaltender. The question is, can he can he hold up under pressure in tight overtime, really tight checking games? You know where where the goaltender has to beat the other guy down on the other end of the ice. Um, that's a different mentality, different mindset for goaltenders. Talking to Curtis Joseph about that, um, you guys should have Curtis on and have him talk about his mindset when he's looking down the ice at the other goaltender that he's competing against. Because as a player, I never really understood goaltenders competing against one another and um if you have curtis on he can enlighten you but he was saying that um that the the pressure you feel when the other goalie makes a big save in a big moment and now the puck's coming towards you um you have to be ultra focused into the moment and um i just love that psyche as a player i didn't understand it hey some great stuff today mayday really appreciate your time thanks for doing this thanks guys yeah thanks so much Brad May had some great stuff today. Um, mm. Yeah, he's a he's a Sheldon Keefe fan, mm-hmm. and 
I, I don't know what, what what did we read that he was one of the fastest in two hundred and fifty wins. Two hundred and fifty wins. It's Mike Keenan, yeah. Bruce Boudreau, and then him. That's, one, two, three. At the end of the day, that's really freaking good. Yeah, that's it's great. Incredibly impressive. Yeah, they've right? been really, really good and under him. Listen, it's not just here that he's won a lot more than he's lost. It's every I, stop oh, along the way. He's like John Cooper, just won all the like, way up. Yeah. Going back to Pembroke, the Lumber Kings, they won every game they played. Like they're yeah, they banned, won five championships yeah, in a row or you something. Know, and then you, the Sioux, they won. The Marlies, they spent a lot of money, as you know, uh, Borny. Spent a bit more money than the rest of the league, but they still won. It's still a hard league to win in. See, it's almost yep. uh, like even if it's circumstantial that if they don't get out of the first round, Kyle loses his job, he loses his job. That's that's a resume that would open the eyes out of a lot of clubs to go. I've wondered that a lot. Would, would, you know, you know, because his, his relationship seems to be with Kyle, right? Yeah, like he. It's not like he has. He's been with Kyle for ten years. Not like he has all I, these. I, I could see other clubs taking that package. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how they would view that. Wow, that like as a deal because there. You've mentioned the fear of like. I have the fear. You know, it, all of a sudden it's they're gone and it's. You don't know what you got till it's gone, type of thing. Um, some breaking news. Break it. Blockbuster trade. Shea Weber's contract has been traded, <laughs> and a 2023 fifth round pick to the Coyotes in exchange for Dyson Mayo. So that's some cap, some cap yeah, chicanery going on there. Yeah, that stuff's gonna. You're gonna. We're gonna get a lot of that in the next eight days. So they traded. It's year. 11 of 14 on that contract for Shea Weber, I believe. And they traded a 2013 fifth rounder as well with that. I just don't understand how all that stuff works. I'll be honest, this is too, too much for me, guys. <laughs> also, Dyson Mayo leads the league in names that are probably not a real pe- person. Dyson, spelled with an I. <laughs> <laughs> and Mayo. And Mayo. <laughs> well, well, we're going to find out. Wouldn't say he's having an excellent year, Dyson. No. Well, Montreal. A lot of zeros uh, and a big minus. So all right. We'll keep that. We don't need to clown on poor Dyson Mayo. No, it has nothing to do with him. I just haven't watched Arizona from, enough because they're Arizona and they're and not very good. Thankfully, he's not from the area. He's from Victoria. So his family isn't listening to us clown on him for no reason. <laughs> for absolutely no reason. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the, the other excellent point that Brad May came up with is uh, uh, just the goaltending situation. And it, he, he nailed it. You're just... You're going to roll the dice and you're going to hope that, that it's just Samsonov or like Brizgalov did for him in 2007, finds a way to contribute yeah. and one of them takes it to, and runs with it. But that's really what you're down to at, at this point. I, I think we've come to a point with goaltending in the NHL where teams aren't necessarily just throwing up their hands, but they're saying we have one of the 30 guys who might be good on any given week. And we don't really know much more than that. Is, like, is Samsonov way worse than Kemper? No. Is and, he way worse than Bennington? No, but th- this is the one thing that I will say I've been noticing about people talking about the Leafs and the goalie situation. It's in Elliot's uh, 32 Thoughts and the Leafs segment. Uh, is like the Leafs won't make a trade for a goalie unless they can get appreciably better, like definitely better. That to me, we're talking about one goal in a series could turn the tide of the series, yeah. literally one goal. So I don't think they need to get right. appreciably better. They need to get half of a percent better 
and to take that chance to get someone the, if they can. The, the only thing I, I come back to you, Sammy, is when you, if you ask, is he is is he th- that much better or worse than Kemper? I mean, we are talking about the difference between someone on the nationwide tour or a PGA tour. Yeah, a couple of shots a week. Right? Yeah. But it's, it's not that. It's just... Tell me if you can perform when the pressure's yep, on. Tell, tell me when you all you're right. When Very you, true. When, when you have to step up and shut the door, can you do it? Not your style of play, not you know how good you look, but that's where you're more a golfer, mental, a, a goalie to a golfer than a goalie to what I would do on a fourth line or. Yeah, you can go out there and bring it with energy. Go intimidate, right. go pound someone, go whatever. Goalie's got to be like but these guys locked tend, in like Tiger. Some of these guys, they tend to get tight when the situation gets tight. And your buddy for all those years, Freddie Anderson, you could, you could look at him all day long and say, good goalie, but tightens up. Tightens up. Mm-hmm. Um, and get to the point where he, he gets hurt. When he tightens up. Yeah. Uh, well, he's in um, eight career playoff games for Samson. Now he has a 907 save percentage. So I'll take be, that. That'd be better than Jack Campbell last year. So it'd be good. <laughs> it might have made the difference. I'm telling you. That's why I'm saying. That's how close it was. If you can get someone you think's a little better, all veggie out of Arizona. All right. Another break. Okay. They're coming fast and furious on the Real Kipper and Boring Show. But we're going to take a, a quick break. You're going to go get a little piece of chocolate and you're going to pass me a piece just before we come back on air. Perfect. I love this plan. And then Colby Armstrong, former NHLer, also former Toronto Maple Leaf, Sportsnet hockey analyst, co-host of Chicklets Game Notes. He hasn't been canceled yet? That's not canceled? No, it's just like literally the most, other than ours, the best hockey podcast. Oh, is it? Okay, good. Uh, They call me, I show up. I, I crush an energy drink and away we go. <laughs> oh, we got the real thing, not just Derek Brandale's uh, uh, list. We got the real thing after the break. Come back, please. <laughs> Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fun with Colby Armstrong. We'll get him going too. For sure. Man. What's he been up to? He's a, he's on, a busy he's guy. A, I don't see him anymore on he, Sportsnet. Well, he does the Penguins broadcast. Okay. He does skip the dishes commercials and he does uh, game notes for chicklets. That's a big deal now. Um, and he's got one for like, I think, uh, intact uh, insurance or something. Desjardins. Desjardins. Hey. Um, I, I saw you on a commercial, uh, I think last night, where it's you and a bunch of kids and a Zamboni driver and, and not a parent to be found. Like, where, where's the adult supervision, man? You think I would trust my kid with you on the ice? Oh, I had. You don't think I had that taken care of, boys? You should have seen that day. That day I was absolutely electric, like <laughs> just herding those kids around, handling the parents that were all on the bench at the time. It was a full-on production, energy coming out of everywhere. I, and, and I'm surprised you saw those commercials. They, I, 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 they're not playing them much, I heard. Why? I mean, you're a natural. 
I'm joking. I heard they're on like all the time, which is hilarious. But <laughs> yeah. and I and I'm getting chirped. I'm getting chirped for them. Not, one because they're on all the time, but I'm getting chirped because I'm wearing a helmet. <laughs> but but I, was told, I was told I was I was told to wear a helmet, so it's like safety first, right? And you know, I've I've told these guys like when they have uh, conversations on unis, I usually stay out of it. But that's an ugly uni you're wearing. <laughs> you, you need it to yeah, get involved in, 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 in better colors and a better logo. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think the jersey fabric could have been better for sure. It was like, <laughs> it was, it wasn't like a real jersey. It was like a penny that you get at like soccer practice, you know? It was just like one of that like mesh material. Athletic it could have been. Yeah, athletic knit. Yeah, that's right, Bordy. Yeah, I wasn't like top high end jersey quality, but you know what I am, boys? Low maintenance. You know yes. what I do? I just show up and I get the job done. I yeah. work. I go to I work. That. Yes. And then I'm moments like Ryan O'Reilly. I'm like Ryan O'Reilly. That's what yes. I'm like. And then you put your hand out and you go, can I have my money now, please? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> make way less than him. <laughs> so, um, uh, order the rings. You, you, you all set for a parade yeah. in Toronto uh, after watching Ryan O'Reilly last night? Yeah, what are they? Uh, do you think they're done? Are they going to get some D? Well, look at some D. You can, can you slow down the conversation here, please? Because we got a lot of people in Leaf Nation that just want to hear positive oh, vibes okay. around Ryan O'Reilly oh. here. And then we'll go there. But uh, what did you see? What stood out for you? What was missing? What has now been filled, in your opinion? Well, I I think Ryan O'Reilly is what they've been trying. They tried to do previously, right? Like Joe Thornton, some of these guys that come in. And I think Ryan O'Reilly's like, I, I know him. Like I've talked to him and met him at several different things. Um, had Luke Sh- uh, Braden Shen, sorry, his wedding, and you know got to hang out with a bunch of the St. Louis guys. Like, and I've been in that dressing room in St. Louis working. That that's just such a cool group that they have there. And it starts with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly with what he's able to do. And look at him with you know coming into this team like, you know, can he- oh, we don't. Wah, wah, wah. No, <laughs> Kipper, don't kill me. It wasn't my fault, buddy. I wonder what's what prompts the official doinking. Like, it's not like he hits the end button. It's Sammy. Is it Sammy? Yes. Yeah. It's just Sammy gets a little caught up, I think, in forgetting he produces. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Okay, it's a fair assessment, fair take to have. <laughs> Is it get good? You're on an island nation in the middle of the ocean? Uh, no, that's fine. But he was making the point, old Kolb, about the dressing room and chemistry. And I look forward to asking him or following up about, can you bring that into a, to a team? Can Colby you... has returned. Colby, you, I, want, good? I, want, I want you to finish your point about... <laughs> About- There's nothing that grinds my gears more than when that happens to me when I'm doing this stuff. Like, I lose it. I spent two years through COVID in my basement doing live TV with bad internet. Like, I have PTSD right now, boys. I have, I'm freaking out. All right. Hey, I wanted, try working uh, here. I wanted you to finish your point on chemistry, <laughs> on chemistry and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Can you bring that to the Toronto Maple Leafs from the St. Louis Blues? I, I, I think he can. I think he like oozes leadership. 
He oozes like the cool personality factor. He cares so much in, and in the right ways to do it right. He's old school. He can play in hard games. He can do all that stuff. He's grinder, but he's like good. He's skilled. And he's, uh, I think he just brings so much of what they've, you know, have been looking for or are looking for. And they've tried to go find other guys, as I mentioned, and Joe Thornton and other guys in the past. And he, and he brings all of that and more. Doink. Oh, we're going for the hat trick. See, this is always the question is, are, yeah, is the call back going to happen for do me a favor, Sammy, get him back on and then hang up right away. And that way we save the next drop and we'll just burn it <laughs> so we can get the third one in and keep them because it's, it's three. It's not, it's never two. It's always three. Always three. No. Oh, well, okay. We'll wait for, for Brad, but you know, it's the interesting point in what he's saying is that we, we've watched this group of Toronto Maple Leafs the last few years. Yeah. And when it comes to chemistry, I would say it's average at best. Mm-hmm. The, the skill's there, but as few as... You mean on ice or the guys? On ice. Yeah. On ice. Okay. That I've... I haven't really... When I've watched, when I've watched the Leafs the last few years... I've never seen a team that was like really solid in chemistry <laughs> when it mattered most. Yeah. And maybe it's just one guy that can pull it all together and kind of reset everybody when it comes to maybe uh, the energy or the chemistry in a room. Yeah. And, you know, Colby, to your point, maybe that's Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, if this happens again, I'm going to snap. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> snap. Like you did. Seriously. In uh, between takes on the kids. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. While I was trying to drink my coffee, talking to myself like Chris Farley on the bus and Billy Madison. What a beast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he can, I think he's like a Zen master a little bit too, Ryan O'Reilly guys. Like, I think he has like, this way of working with people that is like, you know, totally unique to kind of outside the box of like the hockey guy style, which he can bring as well. So I think he's, I, I heard you talk about chemistry. I think he's like a chemistry guy. Like if you went in that St. Louis blues room, like there is just such a different sense of, and I know, you know, yeah, they won the cup and you know, it has, you know, they have their, their struggles now and they're kind of blowing the team up a little bit and, We'll see what happens. But like that group was just so easy to go into. Like it was just such a, like a a family and it started with him. And like, that's kind of like what he does. Like they go for team dinner. I saw them when I was working a game down in Tampa and they're out for team dinner. And like, they all hang around him. Like they're around him. And he just has a quality of, of, and an ease of which he leads with and, and watching him do that. It's just, he's, he's really is just a, a really cool guy. But he's just like a, a, I think, a, has a great grasp on on how to deal with with teammates and people to you know get the most out of them you know peer to peer. You know, I, I've said, oh, okay, he's not he's not coming back. We're we're through three. Did I call it? He did call it. I'm telling you. So here's what I was going to say to Colby, which I can happily say to you, someone who has been in dressing rooms and all that. I have had questions in the past about the ability to import that to a team when a core is already built. The core of the Leafs is Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander and Morgan Riley. That's the core of the Leafs. Bringing in Joe Thornton was never going to change the chemistry of that room if he's playing 12 minutes a night on the fourth line. Same with Simmons, same with Spezza, guys who are not playing, 
Ryan O'Reilly feels like the first guy they've brought in. Yeah, because he's legit. That's going to play 20 yes. minutes or 18, or, 19, 20. Or and have the chance to change Just that. the thought that he still is in his prime years. And that, yes, he had an off year. And there's some that could you say have to play. at 31 or 32 that, it, you know, is he falling off? That was a legit question. But I think even, again, small sample size, but he's he's not, he hasn't dropped off. Like there's, yeah, there, there and even be if it is reasons. half a step, that's, he's still uh, really, really yeah. good. He's, he's still legit yeah. top six. Yeah. And we never said that about Joe Thornton here. No. Or Spezza. Or any of the people that came in to be Felino? culture fixers. Felino, you know what? Felino, guys, wasn't healthy. I know, but wasn't he brought in as a top six guy? Of Kipper, course he was. Yeah. At, you know what? With a first and a third. Yeah. Or a he first was brought and a fourth. in as that. And uh, you know, one thing worth mentioning, Felino was placed in the top six with Matthews and Marner, I think, to start. And had four points in four games and played pretty well. You know, he was kind of what the doctor ordered. Until he got hurt. I just got a text from Colby. He said, you can't go let me go out like this. (laughs) (laughs) He wants back in. He's like, I got to say bye. (laughs) Get him on. Oh, my God. Okay. set a record. Okay. No. Okay. Calls. Boys, I got to tell you, I love doing this show, and I, that's, but there's not anything that I hate more than when the (laughs) calls drop. The way that Kipper looks at me is terrifying. You That's know, like the with, so I going into a corner. Coaching with Sheldon Keith, and when electronics sometimes just fail, calls sometimes just drop, and you do everything you can to ensure against that. I don't know if Sammy's doing all that. All but... I want to know is, does it happen on other people's shows here? <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> God, I hope so. But I've Kipper, when I leave. first started out with Keith and with that staff. Some days I'd go in and I'd be like, ah, like the internet's not working. Sorry, we can't like do the meeting today. And they'd be like. Okay, the internet not is not working. I heard that part. Uh, but you are. But yeah, but but we can't do the meeting today is not a thing. Col- That's your job. Colby is here to say okay. goodbye. Back. Okay. No, 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 no. I just just wanted- keep talking. No. Guys, guys, that was a hat trick of drop calls. I don't know if that's ever been done in the biz before. That was absolutely unbelievable. I'm blaming the weather, massive weather advisory warning, but I couldn't go out like that. Thank you, Sammy, for bringing me back on yes. to say goodbye to you guys. No, 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 no. Just hang in there. Just we're, we're gonna hang. Oh in there. my god! Oh, we are. We are. Oh I'm not god. letting you go now. Oh my I'm not. What a disgrace! What the heck is going on? Winter you know, advisory, boys. Hey, even with drop calls, we've got great chemistry. Unbelievable. That's what Ryan O'Reilly does, right? right. Is, he the, is he the jinx of the drop calls, though, when we're talking about him? It might be him. Could no, be. he's certainly not because uh, this trade's got a lot of people excited, Colby. It should. I think it's an exciting trade. I do think it's big for, the, obviously, the Leafs. I think it's like a massive, like a massive, uh, you know, Dubas kind of cool move for him for the fans and and for him right for his job right like they have to get going they have to have a playoff push and he's the kind of character leadership you know playoff guy he is yeah so i think you know i didn't think did did we hear anything that ryan o'reilly might be moving but you know three-way trade made it work moves everything around noel chari too i like him i like his game so they got two like kind of veteran guys that can play that style of game and are important. It's big. It's massive. Leaf fans should be super excited about that. All right, just jamming in questions for fear of losing you. I want to get your take on the Penguins quick because what's going on here? This is a team up against it. It's a 
We're good there, Kipper. You're... I wanted to go one more with the okay, Leafs. Okay, okay, stay Is with it okay? then. Yes, because I do want to go to Pittsburgh okay. as well. Yep, you stay okay. with it then. Uh, quickly before you drop off, uh, I, I pushed you off. <laughs> you know the rest of the challenges for Kyle Dubis and uh, preparing this team to play Tampa Bay. What are your concerns outside of uh, the Ryan O'Reilly and uh, uh, Achari uh, deal? Defending. What do you do now? I think, Tell me what you do. Well, I think you have to go get a couple rock-steady guys, like, like you know, along the lines of, well, like what Mark Giordano is right now, kind of just rock-steady, rock-solid, shot-blocking, physicality, some kind of guys like that that you can go find in the depths to be difference makers through your lineup, through a playoff series. Because, look, you're going to have Stammer, you're going to have Kucherov, you're going to have Point, you're going to have all these guys that play this kind of, you know, winning style of hockey but are skilled uh, and know how to get it done. They're going to need, I think, on the back end, some kind of, you know, support in that area. Um, that's what I look at. But I, I don't know what's Tampa going to do. Tampa's just laying in the weeds right now. It's, uh, I don't know if the Leaf fans are kind of worried about that or what they might pull out. I guess it's like just sit and watch right now if you're a Leaf fan to see what Tampa's able to pull pull off here um, yeah. up to Friday, up you, to next Friday, right? You assume it's not going to be nothing, that's for sure. Another team that is yeah. interesting was the one I was starting to ask you about there is Pittsburgh. What, what's happening, man? Is this team on the verge of falling out of the playoffs after giving the contracts to those big-name stars there? The big name guys are playing well for them. It's yeah. you know they're 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 suffering with some you know bottom six depth issues. Their third line is non-existent right now. They've dealt with you know several injuries, including you know nine games missed to Tristan Jari. Um, you know it's it's he's important. Jari's Jari's super important. Actually, Jari's super important to watch in the next few days and into the Edmonton game. If uh, you know how his body kind of holds up and rehabbing coming back from this and playing last game, but. It is a little concerning watching. Like I, I don't know what they're going to do right now to to kind of remedy, you know, those depth issues and fix those, or who they can find, or what they can, what kind of money they can move around to make everything work. But, um, you know, Jari's the key. Their health is key, and and finding a little extra from the depths of their lineup because you know the big boys have been carrying their weight. They're getting the job done. And and you know, what's one weird thing lately that they haven't been able to do is close out games. Like the Islanders came back on them twice in the last week. Uh, then they played less than 24 hours later in a back-to-back situation against the Devils and the Islanders. Yeah, that was crazy. But um, yeah, for them, it's for them, it's health. For them, it's you know a, a look at their depth and if they can find something that you know fits. And, and Kipper, you talk about chemistry. Chemistry is big, I think, with their depth too. Like you know, finding the right the right mix and chemistry and um, you know what works for guys in certain situations to the depth of the lineup, which I think they've had a struggle with, you know, finding that right now. So that that's big for them. Can Ron Hextel do something there or, or do enough? But Tristan Jari, obviously the big piece who just came back last game. Uh, they did lose to the Islanders. Sorokin played out of his mind, but it's going to be a cage match, an absolute cage. There's like seven teams in the East right now in the mix for those wild card spots separated by like six points. So down the stretch, imperative they find ways again to close games out um and i think in the next week and a half we'll see if they're you know going to do anything about it i heard some there's some media here talking about if they go the other way you know like save it for next year try to sell off some guys and and save it and and because you got those guys under contract right the big boys and there's only so much life in in them as they as they age um how do you how do you hit it at the right time and if this year is not the year then how do you get prepared for next year they're they're talking about that around here as well so it'd be interesting to see what kind of happens here in the next week and a half and 
you know, where the decisions lie on, on which way they go. You think your buddy Sid Crosby will be okay with taking a year off of going for it? And how much pressure, no. how much pressure, no. how much pressure is on Ron Hextall and that fan base who are going, well, why did you sign these guys I, if you're going to take a year off? I think, yeah, I think there's lots of pressure. I think there's lots of pressure. I think there's new ownership. You know, there's pressure from that angle. There's pressure to, you know, make the playoffs, uh, I, I think. And, and they, you know, they have the longest standing playoff streak in the NHL right now. And, you know, Sid's only missed the playoffs his rookie season. After that, straight playoffs every time. And, and for the most part, been a, you know, their team's always kind of been in talks of being a, a contender. So uh, I don't think it would sit good with, with him at all to go, okay, let's just see what happens. So um, can they straighten it out here? You know, it's, it's, it's do or die hockey. Like the math is, the math is they, they can only lose probably nine more games the rest of the year to 26 games. That's the kind of hockey they have to play right now if you're doing like what it takes to get in the playoff number. Um, somewhere around, you know, 98 points probably, 97 points. So they got to play some pretty good hockey down the stretch. And, you know, I think the next week and a half will be big what direction their team decides to go and make a push for that. So um, they, they signed those guys back for a reason, right? It's to make playoffs and play winning hockey. So I, I imagine that's kind of the mandate around here. All right, last one for me, and I'm going to bring you back to the Leafs on the way out the door. Load up the top six with O'Reilly, Marner, Tavares, or put uh, one, two, three down the middle with Matthews, O'Reilly, and Tavares as centermen. What a great option to have, eh? It's nice. Like I, <laughs> I've always loved like guys that are. You know, I think every coach probably loves versatility through their lineup, and guys can play both wings, and you can move some centermen up on wing and pop, pop guys around. And I think you have options to do that. I think that bodes well for playoffs, also. But I think if you have to do it, you know, the three-headed monster down the middle is is a nice look in 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 a seven-game series, but. You know, if you feel like you need that quality up up front and that, that little bit more punch, you can always you can jump back to, to stacking it up top. So the versatility factor on any team is huge, especially for the Leafs when they've got the weapons that they do. All right, before I would, we... I would stack them. I would stack them up top. You would. Well, yeah. that's the look right now. Anyways, it's, it's worked after uh, the Buffalo game. We'll see how it shapes up for Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. plug your co-host, uh, podcast, Chicklets Game Notes. How's it going? Chicklets Game Notes. Yeah, it's going good. We got another one coming up next week. So we only do one a month, boys. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, one a month. The next one. It's like an eight yeah, hour show I, or what? One a month. Can you be <laughs> lazier? No, you can't be lazier. It's actually the, it's like peak. the essence. It's the peak laziness <laughs> of work ever. Uh, and I'm proud to do it. It's great. It's been fun with <laughs> It's been fun with Burles, but the, the the thing I went on Chicklets just the other day, the recent one they dropped to give a little update on the Quebec T- Pee Wee tournament, boys. I was super dad at the Quebec Pee Wee tournament this week. My son's team, the Pittsburgh Pens Elite. I never got to go to this. I don't know if you guys got to. It was yeah, an I awesome played experience. In it. You did, hey? Yeah. yeah, it was an awesome experience. It was so fun. They, the kids billeted. The, our, our boys played their best hockey of the season. We lost by one goal. It was 0-0, the greatest 0-0 Pee Wee game ever. And it went to overtime, three on three, oh. and and the Detroit Red Wings or the Detroit Little Caesars beat us one nothing to go to the final and lose to the Czech Knights team. They went who three was an absolute three? wagon. Yeah, they went to three on three. You can't three. just play OT anymore. I know it was crazy. I like I was on the edge of my seat. It was just nuts. So we had our chances. We had some uh, tears up after the game from the boys, but it was a it was a great run. 
It was a great experience, boys. I went snow tubing. I, I did the whole carnival. I was just just eating poutine like mad, drinking my face <laughs> off. It was great, hockey dad style. That's awesome. Uh, what rink did you play awesome. out of? Was it was it a full building? Yeah, it was Videotron the first game. We actually had were you in Quebec get... City or Montreal? Yeah, Quebec City. Quebec City. Quebec City. Oh, my City. nephew was there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. I'm sure you know your nephew would share the same kind of sentiment on the experience. It was it was unbelievable. The pin trading, Kipper. Do you have pin? Oh, when you we did there? the pin thing. Yep. Oh, that's like insane. Like it's like crack. You know, it's like get the you pins. Know, it's just, it, Get the pins. They're laying all over the Videotron concourse, trading pins. There's kids everywhere. It's a complete gong show. But we lost our first game to Billy Jaffe's kid, and he was coaching the Boston Junior uh, Eagles, I think they were, the Boston Junior Eagles program. And uh, so we went to the loser side. So then we went to the small side, the little rink, which was awesome because it's like more what we're used to playing and like, you know, the smaller rinks, regular minor hockey rinks. So it was loud. They were packed. The Videotron was crazy. It was packed. Um, just an awesome hockey experience. It was incredible. My year, uh, I went. Who did you play against? Who else was there? You know, uh, that was the year uh, Sylvan Cote was like the best. 12 year old on the planet. It was like, but, but was it, he like, he was 16. Yeah. Is no, that, it was like, like, he was a maturity? man. It was like a yeah, man yeah. out there. He would just end and all day long. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what am I doing here? Well, that's I the... talked to Bob. I talked to Bob Erie here. He works with us at AT&T sports center here in Pittsburgh. He played in it and was saying, Oh, we beat out Iserman's team. And then we played this guy. We beat them. And then we lost to this guy. Like, He's naming like oh, yeah. literal NHL stars, which is so Hall of so Famers. Cool for a, yeah, Hall of Famers. Like he's like yeah, that's when they were twelve years old. The cool thing for me guys is to go there. I never got to go to it. I just heard other people talk about it and how great it was. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But the experience, I was trying to see it through the eyes of my son and, a, and a, oh, being geez. a twelve year old. Oh, and, and, and they're they're and kids signing autographs like, wow. there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it, there's the there's yeah. stars. So to, my to, my nephew, locals. my my nephew is Achilles Kapitanakis is his name, which you may recognize as fairly you Greek. Greek. <laughs> you Greek. And they played their first game against the Ukrainian team that was there. Eighteen thousand people. They sold out every oh, seat in the, the barn. Yeah, he's on, on the Boston Bo- Bruins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Guess what? They televised it there. I know. Tele- <laughs> it was on like TV. It was like unbelievable. Completely called it the whiteout game. Everyone wore white. It was like. Can you imagine being a 12-year-old playing in that? I know, and they were up They were up 2-1 or, uh, with like four minutes to go and ended up losing in regulation to Ukraine. All the fans rooting yeah. for Ukraine. It was insane. They're, they're going to get a league. What do you mean? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody wants a league. A professional <laughs> peewee league? <laughs> they're going to get a league. Paying the kids. Pay the kids. Hey. Yeah. Whatever it takes. <laughs> hey, Colby, thanks for doing this, man. <laughs> Thanks. Signing off, the new president right. and CEO of the new Pee Wee Professional Thanks. Hockey League, Colby Armstrong. Get us some insurance, the meetings too. Meetings are once yeah. a month. You can never have enough insurance. <laughs> I got it all covered. Colby all right, Armstrong. Right. See you, boys. See you, man. And the new real Kipper and born leader of dropped calls. He's tied in the clubhouse who, who, at three. We had another three-pack, didn't who's we? Who's our three? Who's Colby tied with in dropped calls? We had, we oh, uh, Kevin Kurz. Kevin Kurz, was it? Kurz. Yes, yeah. from uh, the, the Islanders, Islanders beat. Guy, yes. Yeah. 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 That uh, was and that good. was in, within the last month. How, do, how does Colby structure a deal with, you know, the Barstool boys for once a month? What is that even? Who's that for? What, I that's don't amazing. Know.
Ma- imagine how good our show would be if we did it once a month. <laughs> or the complete opposite. It would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Just give, we get them all out, all our great ideas, all I think Fabro's listening, show. Fabs. You can let us know what you think of the once what, a month what? program. <laughs> See, I got a lot of good ideas, but I'm saving them till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with the Daily uh, Show. Um, so the Coyotes made that trade. I saw this great tweet from Craig Morgan who covers them. The Coyotes legends who have never played a game in, uh, there, their lineup is really shaping up now. Datsuk, right? First line, Marion Hosa, Datsuk, Brian Little, <laughs> uh, with Pronger and Weber on the back end. Oh, my God. Uh, Dave Boland will center the second line whenever that materializes. I don't know if there would be a better deep pair that you could create <laughs> than, than Weber. Pronger, oh my God. Shea Weber. Yeah, I, listen, there's something wrong with our system that you can do this. Yes, there is. It's just... 100% right. So bad. So embarrassing. Like, why is any team dealing... The guy's permanently injured and the team is stuck dealing with the salary cap implications of that. Like, seriously. Like, you players out there, like, how did you agree to this? How? I don't think they understood it. I mean... How did you let this happen? It's like when Apple asks me what I think about their terms and conditions. I'm like, yeah, just let me use the phone. Yeah, I'm sure someone ag- else has looked at this. Agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure someone else has gone through this. I'm not going to be the one to say no. Yeah, it's just that was the loophole of all loopholes for for yeah for teams like Arizona. Yeah, that they can bank this and that and get, get away with not spending real money. I don't even know what they got out of it. They got a fifth rounder. Okay. Well, then that gets the Coyotes the cap floor insurance, oh. right? Is that it? Yeah, they don't have to yeah. pay a lot of money to the actual deal. Yeah, it just saves you real cash. Yeah. Gotcha. It's stupid. Way to go. Yeah. Good job. How exciting. Anyways, okay. Uh, Connor McDavid, 800 points. How is that possible? I just hit 800 700. yesterday. I saw that he had 800 points, and that's as flabbergasted as I've been in a while. I know. 800? That's career. You're bordering on a Hall of Famer soon. Yeah, like that's... Another few hundred points. And how old is he? Well, 26. Okay. I saw the list. Yeah, 26. And it is incredible. But then, you know, as incredible as Connor McDavid is, how about the fact that there's What's the list? We four guys. What list? Uh, uh, fewest games. Okay. To 800 points in history. And, and of course, first? Gr- Connor? Yeah. No, no he's fifth. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, Wayne, like, so Connor's at 545. What do you think Wayne's at? I oh. say 320 or something. <laughs> well, 352. Uh, yeah. 352. Like 200, almost 200. That's a joke. What's, he, what's no, next? Over well over two points uh, per game at that point. No, just under 200, yeah. So it's like, that's that just mind-boggling. What's that's, the rest of the list, Kipper? Do you have it or no? Uh, Mario Lemieux, 410. Yeah. Okay. Mike Bossy. There's a name I would have never. I, you think of him as a goal scorer yeah. in 50 50 50 50, but yeah. you don't think about him with 525 games to 800 points. Which is just better than Crosby, I would guess. Yeah, it's 20 well, better than McDavid. <laughs> it so helps. I don't remember him scoring points like that. Well, with, you? with Bossy, Bossy? No. with Bossy, I just listen. remember the goals. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. the points or the assists. When Short you start career. your career going 53, 69, 51, 68, 64, 60, 
Yeah, but that, then I mean, then that's he, classy. Yeah, I mean, ninety-one points, one hundred and twenty-six points, ninety-two points, one nineteen, one forty-seven. Like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I see the one forty-seven. Yeah, that can make up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> what was one forty-seven in what year? In eighty-one, eighty-two, which is what his fourth or fifth year. His fifth year. In 80 games, he had 64 goals and 83 assists for 147 points. Right, 83. Uh, and then in 19 apples. playoff games, he had 17 goals. Yeah, that's I say Brian Trotche won the Hart Trophy somewhere around there. Like, where was Bossy in that that year? Must have been a rookie or something. Trotche also won it in 79. And then what? who was the last name on that list? Was it Connor, I guess? Was that four no, names? No, the one we're missing is uh, at fourth, Peter Stastny. Really? Yeah. Where, where was Sid Crosby one on that, that list? Not... not I only had the top five. Okay, okay. Not on it. Probably Peter Stastny. Really close. Stastny's got to be the most unheralded point getter of hockey history. All right. You know, he just had the start of his career was massive. Like, and then he kind of didn't fall off. He really, his production really dipped. 531 to 800 points. Wow. Yeah, he started, like, Peter Stasny, 109, 139, 124, 119, 100, 122. Like, that's how he started, and then after yeah. that, he kind of dropped off. But listen to the names that McDavid's with. Like, that's, that's all-time guys. Yeah, he's an all-time guy. And not to mention, that era of point-getting was very different. The 80s were, you know, there was... I think on average eight goals a game for a little while, you know, whereas McDavid's They're, career, it's been six and a half. We're known to have a few bad goalies. <laughs> There's the a 80s. couple. Uh, <laughs> bum, 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 and the Monsters <laughs> took full advantage. Who was the guy that Hanger was telling us about the other day? Rajon oh, Rondo. <laughs> Rajon Rondo. Definitely wasn't his name. But that guy played, he was Ronald an NBA R- superstar. Yeah. Anyway, the guy that was head was below the, yes. below the, uh, the, the crossbar. Yes. We had mentioned yesterday, big week for the Washington Capitals. They get uh, Ovechkin back, but is it too late? Uh, we mentioned Pittsburgh in some serious issues uh, with their playoff spot. Now Washington, Detroit, a huge win last night. You know why? Over the Caps, 3-1. Yeah, huge for their standing and sheets. And now two them. points back of the final spot with four games in hand. Yeah, like by points percentage, the Red Wings are flipping in the playoffs. They're in. The dash five goal differential. Wild. By the way, the Capitals, who have lost five straight, three and seven in their last ten, are a intriguing seller. If they lose a couple more and decide to start selling guys, you're talking Orlov. You're talking Hathaway, you know, which is both intriguing names for the Maplers. Can you imagine Achari and Hathaway on the on the fourth line? All Kippy couldn't contain yeah. himself. That would be, like, that would be very That's hard to That's a custom-built fourth line for this show. And you call up uh, your boy Bobby McMahon, put him on the other side, and okay. there you go. Bob's your uncle. Bobby McMahon's your uncle. There's, uh, there's a race for D because... It's maybe the Leafs. It's uh, certainly Boston, Edmonton guys. Uh, Orlov to me would be a guy that that they could use as well. They got to do they, something. They well, have he to makes do, more sense. Ken Holland has to do something. Yes. He makes more sense for them than all the other names I hear them paired with. Uh, Carlson and Pat Kane get someone to defend. Yes, going to score like someone who can play uh, and he D can, and he can, be he, mean and he can shoot the puck. Yeah, oh yeah, boys. And the first thing we put on the lineup today, and we didn't mention it, was Jake Muzzin. 
So yes. we should maybe spend a couple That's minutes. Wild, we, we yeah, until now. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, the it's, it's officially announced that Jake Muzzin will miss the rest of the regular season and playoffs due uh, to uh, uh, cervical spine injury, and uh, we all knew that that was coming. So I didn't. Oh, I thought I wrote it about a month and a half. ago. Yeah, I don't believe you though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I held out hope, like a um, kid at Christmas. Not necessarily. Uh, at least officially a, a career yet. Mm-hmm. They said that they'll reassess this at some point, maybe in the summer or at training camp. Uh, but it's it's really a shame for so many reasons because he still had a lot to give, I think, uh, when he was healthy. And something that's sorely missed is most recently the second and third period in Boston yeah. uh, against Buffalo, I should say. there There is a muzzin-sized hole in the Toronto Maple Leafs line. God, and just... You know, the other things he provides, you talk about the dressing room and leadership and character. You got O'Reilly, if you had another Muzzin, like you'd feel so good about this team. And you still do, but, you know, it it is missed and you do feel like that needs to be replaced somehow. God, he was effective last year in the playoffs. It really... Him and Brody were a pair. The way his career here played out, I don't feel like it could have gone, you know, much worse in terms of the injury luck. Like you think about the first for that weird that weird injury he had against Columbus, and then he goes out against and so the Marinchins <laughs> Marinchin is a name I don't like to speak was playing a lot against the the Blue Jackets and then he was got a bad injury against the Habs. It's just he hasn't. It's just played out badly. Yeah, and yeah. they paid a stiff price it, for him, and yeah, it's one they had to. They they Kyle's done two deals with the LA Kings. They're Correct. two separate deals. One yeah. with, was around Jack Campbell, and the other one was around Muzzin. Uh, they got Muzzin for Dursey, Grunstrom, and a first, I want to say. Is that what that was? And then the other one was... Just straight Muzzin, that's it? Yeah, and then the other one was... No, Clifford, too. No, no, that was with no, Jack Clifford Campbell. Clifford was with Jack Campbell. That was the one that was with a, for a second-round pick and Trevor Moore, I believe, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so. Muzzin has played... Almost 200 games as a Maple Leaf. You know, like, it's not like he came here and couldn't contribute at all. And he had great stretches with him, too. And Oh, I thought sometimes he was just a rock. Yeah. He was an important part of what they were trying to be. He was the most important guy in their decor for when he was healthy and playing at his best. He was really huge for them. Really huge. But but you're right. He just hasn't been able to be in the lineup. Are there a At dozen muzzins out there? Yeah, and and when you get them and they can contribute twenty solid, like that's the one thing too, right? Is like there's some nice guys can find their way to to have a twenty one, twenty two, twenty three minute night, but can you do it every night? Yeah, and be successful, uh, efficient, mm-hmm. productive. You know, who do you feel great about going over the boards? It late in games. Mark Giordano is that for me. Like he's been, I feel very comfortable there. Muzzin was that I'm guy a for a long time. On Giordano uh, coming down the stretch, if they don't rest him a little bit, I saw his interview with Elliot and Jeff, and he said he doesn't want yeah. to yeah, be rested, but... and he doesn't want to anyone to suggest it to his coach because he wants to be a he wants to play. Okay, do can you look up Icings? <laughs> he was how many? First. I, I, oh, he's got to be the first in <laughs> every. <laughs> Every league in the world, There's he has the to be first one. sign that he might be tired. Is I don't know. Or he's, icing the puck. Yeah, he's smart too. What's the? There's not a huge punishment for icing. There should be. Should not be able to ice the puck twice within 
20 seconds. It's my theory. But yes, he ices it a lot. I don't know. I, I, I appreciate him not wanting to take a day off, but come on, be a parent. Tell your kid yeah. to get to bed early. Love that analogy. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's um, great that you don't want that. We appreciate that. We love that you love to play. Take a couple off here, fella. Well, the, the hope is that the Leafs can be in a position that down the stretch they can rest some guys, give some guys some time. I, I'd like to see that the process start now with Giordano. I don't want to see it three days before the end of the season or the last game. It what just, do you want to see, like actual games off? I'd like to see him, yeah, take two or three of, what, 24 yeah. left? Okay. I can live with that. I can get on board. Three. Get Timmons of some more reps. and Maybe they can play him at the wing and have in-game load management like John Tavares. Yes. Load management. Is that the term? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Kawhi made it famous. All right. Him. Just like that, two hours gone by. We solved nothing. We did talk to Colby four times, we, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so thanks to Brad May and... Uh, and four times we want to thank Colby Armstrong. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and all of you, of course, wherever you are watching or listening, Sportsnet 590, the fan, YouTube, we're back again tomorrow to do it all over again. Have a great night, everybody.